0: Here's the transformational truth that we're tackling today. The permission that you need to take your life to a higher level doesn't begin with making other people think differently about you. It begins when you start thinking differently about you. What we're talking about today is the danger of limiting beliefs. (laughs) Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. I'm excited to welcome to Transformational Truths today, Fu Che. Fu is Senior Sales Engineering Leader at Cisco Systems. He is a personal and professional coach. And he serves as the executive pastor of operations and finance at Life Church International. Now, Fu has overcome many personal and professional obstacles by being a lifelong leader, and I personally know Fu and can attest to that. Now, Fu has a unique perspective because he has spent his adolescent years in the East, but he was educated in the West, and his passion is teaching, mentoring, and coaching people in their life journey. Listen, you're going to be equipped with some of the most practical tools that you need to take your life and leadership to the next level, so let's go ahead and jump in. Fu, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're really honored to have you on, sir.
1: Thank you. Pastor Travis, thank you for having me on the call. I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're
0: excited and honored to have you here, and have your mind here, and have your gift here, and have your intelligence here. You're such a gift to the kingdom of God. And so I'm ready to jump into this truth. So here's the transformational truth that we're tackling today. The permission that you need to take your life to a higher level doesn't begin with making other people think differently about you. It begins when you start thinking differently about you. What we're talking about today is the danger of limiting beliefs. In my brand new book, Seven Deadly Thoughts, we take a deep dive into this really, really important question because here's the deal. A limiting belief will absolutely lie to you about your own giftedness and potential every single time. It will tell us that we can't do the very things that we're created to do. It'll convince us that we're not gifted enough, that we're not experienced enough, that we're not popular enough or educated enough or attractive enough to pursue our God-given purpose. And the trickiest thing about a limiting belief is that they live in our blind spots, and we hardly ever know when they're there. The truth is we could be living with them for years and never know it. Fu, you coach people from all walks of life. You have an uncommon passion to help people fulfill their greatest potential. From C-suite executives to a single mom who just launched her own business, you've seen the pain and frustration that people deal with as a result of limiting beliefs. Where do these come from, Fu, and how do we develop limiting beliefs in our life?
1: Yes, Pastor Travis, that's a really great question. And I personally, I've dealt with a lot of self limiting beliefs based on my upbringing, my nationality, and moving here in, uh, in America when I was young. So when I talked to my mentors and coaches way back, they said, I have many, many PhDs when it comes to self limiting beliefs because I, I had so many, I carry so many, and what was so bad is that I didn't know I had them. I, I didn't know how to tackle my issues. But uh, what I have discovered is that all of us carry some sort of self-limiting beliefs. Right. In most cases, we don't know is there. Right. It really damages us. But from my personal research, based on mentors and coaches and a lot of reading and self-reflection, I've come to believe that our self-limiting beliefs happens when when we are young. Mm. So when we're young, when we're babies, when we're from zero to about seven or eight years old, we have no ability to push back when somebody, adults or somebody say, you are not good enough, you're not smart enough. Whatever label you can think of, whatever the self-limiting beliefs that you might possess, it occurs when you're young. And then what happens is it gets imprinted, imprinted, uh, that thought, that belief, that emotion, that feeling gets associated with it. And what I call, you basically have an anchor in your subconscious mind, and you no longer realize you have those self-limiting beliefs. And then it plays out in your youth College years, when you become adults, they keep coming up to the surface, but you don't realize where they come from. Mm. All you know is that you're not successful. You're emotionally uncentered and you're spiritually not matured. A lot of different things, a lot of evidence is there, but most people, unfortunately, do not realize because it happened when they were so young.
0: Wow. And, food that's gold. I think... Uh, this conversation is so important, and what you're saying is so important because there's a lot of people listening that feel very, very frustrated. They they're frustrated because their purpose doesn't match what they believe about themselves. They there's stuff that they want to do, but they don't feel like, or they don't, they don't believe they can do, because there's these limiting beliefs that they've been entertaining throughout the course of their lives. And what I've discovered, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Fu, I've discovered that oftentimes. The strongest limiting beliefs in our lives, um, the ones that are causing the most damage, are often the hardest ones to see. Mm -hmm. They're in our blind spots. And we end up blaming our our circumstances. We end up blaming the people around us. We end up blaming uh, the economy. We end up blaming the people at work. And the entire time, the lid was not all of those externals. The lid was in our own mind, what we believed about ourselves. Have you discovered that yourself? Have you seen that to be true in your own story? Did you experience that?
1: Yes, in my own story and also with my clients and people that I help, um, yes, absolutely true. And what happens is they do not realize where it comes from and they try to use willpower or scriptures or uh, good things that you say to yourself, right? But what happens is, when the willpower diminishes because of life, because of pressure, because of whatever it might be, when you're under pressure, you will go back to your auto uh, autopilot. Your subconscious mind takes over, and all of a sudden, those self-limiting uh, belief surfaces, and it controls and drives your behavior. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, people don't realize that, and they try to do through... Uh, willpower or some other ways, but they always go back because life is not perfect and things are not going to turn out right, regardless, whatever life you might be living. But if you don't realize that life will happen to you, you get under pressure and then you'll go right back to your self-limiting beliefs, even though you felt like you have overcome and victory over that, it comes right back because you didn't deal with it at the root the root cause of that self-limiting beliefs. So give you a quick example. Um, I'm uh, Chinese, but I was born and raised in South Korea. And then I was very sick as a a baby. I died almost twice within the first six months. And I distinctly remember my uncle telling my parents, oh, no, actually telling my father, he felt baffled my father because first sons should be strong. The person who carries the family name but he told him that i believe you got cursed because your first son is so weak and he probably will not live to see you know one two three years old wow that label got uh, put into my subconscious mind and i had the hardest time identifying it and then getting rid of that anchor because uh it was so hard I just felt like I wasn't a man. I'm not good enough to carry my father's name and it caused all sorts of issues for me. So this self-limiting beliefs plays out in just about everybody I encounter. Either somebody who is self-aware or who are highly aware because if you listen to their language or their actions and their thought process, you can identify them pretty easily if you know what you're looking for
0: wow wow what a powerful example Fu. that seed um, of doubt regarding your worth and value was sown at such a young age and it follows you throughout the course of your life and into adulthood i think the redeeming part of the story is here you are you're you're helping other people discover their own limiting beliefs you're helping other people escape these these mental strongholds that have established themselves in their minds and really sabotaged their life that's uh, incredible, Fu, you're an inspiration to us already. The second question that I have for you today is, is, is surrounding this concept. I think one of the most dangerous traps people can fall into is believing that in order to be successful, they have to focus on changing the way other people think about them. Mm-hmm. And so what we often end up doing is spending all of our time and emotional energy trying to manage other people's opinions. And, and our mission becomes... Image management rather than identity discovery. Why is this a bad idea.
1: Yes, another great question. Um, In my personal life and the clients that I help and the people that work for me, I help them as well, is that what I discover is that people carry many, many personas or personalities. Mm-hmm. In your case, what well, you say, image management. So when you're when you go to work in a corporate environment, you become a persona, a personality to fit that particular case. When you come home, you have a different personality. When you're hanging out with your college friend, you have a different personality. You go, you belong to some social club. You change your personality, mm-hmm. and then we end up spending all our willpower, all our energy managing that personality or that image you want to maintain. So what happens is um, people are stressed. People are stressed because it takes a lot of energy to change your personality. Meaning you're saying things you don't believe, but you say it just to fit in. Right. You do certain things knowing that it's not good for you, but you do it anyway to manage your Personality to manage your image in front of people. Mm. So what I tell them or what I try to and encourage them because I cannot tell them to do anything they don't want to do is take, you know, step back and look at all the personality you're maintaining and look mm. at all the energy you're spending, right? Because when you're using or tap into your energy to become that person or manage that, uh, image you going to maintain you start using up your energy let's just say you wake up with energy of 10 and one being nothing left and then throughout the day 10 becomes nine eight seven six and what eventually happens because you're maintaining so many of that you have nothing left when you go home wow so you basically robbing from your family and then a lot of my clients have issues family issues relationship issues Relationship issues with their kids because I tell them or try to coach them because you have nothing left in the tank, mm. so you're edgy. You're you might say things you don't mean, right? And not wanting right. to spend time with them, and all because we try to maintain too many of those personalities and use up all our willpower and all of our energy.
0: That's so good, Fu, for the person listening. Who might say yeah but fool, you don't understand if i don't if i don't maintain these personas if i don't keep juggling all of these different personalities uh the people in my circle might not like me people might i might lose friendships i might lose relationships i'm i'm afraid to lose those relationships what would you say to that person
1: yeah so that's a really great question and that actually that question comes up more than you would think mm. and what i tell them is it's just for me, for example, when I realized I had so many personalities and then start looking for my true identity. Who am I? What do I like? What do I don't like? Certain things I don't care for. Certain things I love. And then I narrowed into my personality and my temperament. And I'm very self of who I am. But when I started hanging out with my Asian friends, they said, you're not Asian enough. Mm. Like, huh? And when I'm hanging out with American, you're not American enough. So I'm not American enough. I'm not Asian enough. Who am I? Right. And I have to discover my true self. Mm. And when I do that, when I go to work for Cisco, I show up as food. When I come to church, I'm food. Right. When I'm with my family, I'm food. Everywhere mm. I go, I'm food, right? When I talk to my clients and my friends, they say, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted, you know, so much pressure. And they say, how about you foo? It's like, I have lots of energy, Uh, lots of time. And the reason being is because I'm not wasting my precious willpower and energy trying to maintain those different personas. I just be the person I was created to be. And yes, I lost some friends. Yes. Some of the promotions I didn't get because of that. However, when I truly realized and I, when I realized what I bring to the table, they look at me different. It's like, we want to put you in a management position. Foo, normally your level should have one team, but now I'm up to three teams because they trust me. They see what I bring to the table.
2: Right. Because
1: I am not managing my image. I am being the person I am and I'm bringing my gifts to my job and people see that is like, wow, he's different. And every person listening to the to this call, when they truly find that identity and not worry about managing their image, they will stand out and they'll be exceptional and people will love them to death, especially at work because you're so unique and bring so much to the table that nobody else can.
0: Mm. Fu, you're hitting on some really important transformational truths today. I've discovered that the doors that we often are waiting to open, they're waiting for the authentic version of us to be opened. Those doors usually are remaining closed because the authentic version of ourselves has not showed up yet. It hasn't manifested yet. We We're still not sure about who we are. And when we discover our identity, our true identity, and we don't have to apologize for it, we don't have to hide anything about it, we just are ourselves. Suddenly, it's incredible how purpose and calling and destiny falls into place the moment I discover my authentic self. Um, I think when we're not authentic, there's something that rings hollow about us. There's something uh, the people around us can hear through it in our voice. They can see through it. In our presentation of ourselves. There's something, nothing breeds confidence like authenticity. Mm-hmm. Because as you just said, I don't have to waste energy trying to hide anything about me or or pretend to be something I'm not. It's so much easier, foo, I've discovered, for Travis to simply be Travis. Strengths, weaknesses, all of the above, gifts, flaws, all of the above. Me being myself, not only am I happier, not only do I have more joy and more peace, But I am far more effective. And I think that's why your point is so important. Because, and and here's the other thing I've discovered, Foo the people that left my life because I decided to be me, I'm a better person because of it. The people that left my life because they liked a version of me that wasn't real, their voices and their influence probably wasn't very good in my life anyway. It was just. Pretentious. It was a false relationship. And what happened was this. When the people who loved a version of me that wasn't real exited, the people who loved the authentic me arrived.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So good. Fu, thank you. My goodness. Question number three. I'm going to ask you to do something, Fu. I'm going to ask you to run in your lane. I've seen you do this. For all of our listeners' sake, I've watched Fu Che do this. He's an incredible coach. He's a gifted coach and mentor to so many leaders. I'm going to ask him to coach all of us just for a couple of minutes. Fu, can you give us one or two ways that we can identify a limiting belief in our lives and maybe a tip to getting free from it?
1: Yes, that's a great, great question and great exercise. So for, for the audience who's listening, just think of... Just recently, you don't you don't even have to go way back, just recently in the last week. What are what is the one thing that you you thought you could do and then you talked yourself out of it?
3: Mm-hmm. Whatever
1: that might be. For example, I just had a recent client, he was ready. I coached, I mentored, and taught this man to be a highly effective leader, and he was operating in a leadership. He was leading, he's managing, he's coaching his team. And a position opened up within his department that he was perfectly fit for. And I was encouraging, I was telling him, let's do it. And then he said, I don't think I'm good enough. Hmm. I think they have somebody else in mind. What if I say something wrong in the interview? What happens if they find that I'm an imposter.
3: Mm.
1: Those languages. Just think about last time you used those languages. So once you identify that particular phrase or language you used in your certain situation, now that is a self-limiting belief. Mm. So what you have to do with your self-limiting beliefs is not easy, right? Because it's actually anchored deeply anchor in your subconscious mind and it takes a lot of effort but let's go through this exercise as you mentioned pastor travis i'll use the same example my uncle telling my father your son is not a man who can carry your name and he's probably not going to survive and i carry that that i am not good enough to carry my family name i am not good enough that I should not even born as a man. Mm. And there was so many issues with that. In the past, I couldn't talk to people, making eye contact, I always had to look away. I would not speak up in any meetings. I tried to be invisible in every place I go. Mm. So when I start working on where did this come from, working with my coach, we had to start going back. Did it happen last year? Did it happen when I was in 30s or 20s? And in my teens, so no, that was already there. And then we went all the way back, as far as I can remember as a two or three-year-old hearing my uncle telling my father that, right? That was as far as I could tell is when it started. Mm
3: -hmm. So
1: how I have reprogrammed that self-limiting belief, which is a lie, is that one, my uncle is not centered. He's lost. He's an alcoholic, right? He's very violent. He's not doing well from a job situation, right? Mm. So my, my uncle, being uncentered, under lots of pressure, made a comment that was not true. But as a young man, I didn't know. I was a baby. Mm. And then somebody would say something to Reinforce that thought, reinforce that thought, and it ultimately became anger. So if you take whatever self-limiting belief you have, take it back as far as you can remember, and then relive that moment. For me, soon as I said, my uncle is not center, my uncle is not stable, he doesn't have a job, he's an alcoholic, he's violent. Why would, I, why would I believe my uncle mm. saying that I'm not good enough? Right At that moment, when I make that statement and then tie that back to the scriptures and the encouragement words I replace instead of what he said, that instantly disappeared. Wow. And with every self-limiting beliefs, you have to take it back. Because if you try to do through willpower, encouraging words, like we talked about at the beginning of the call, that is all good when you have lots of energy. But if you're doing image management, that's taking away energy. Life happens. Work happens. Bad news come your way. You get under pressure. And that subconscious mind, that thought will come back and it will replay that self-limiting beliefs again.
3: Mm.
0: Foo. You said something that I feel like is really important for our listeners. You said you had to do the hard work of going back when you finally identified the thought you were able to address it. You were able to get free from that thought and move your life forward you're a You're a leader um, you are making an impact in the lives of a lot of high achievers. You are a husband you're a father um, in every facet of understanding you you have gained a measure of success. You're you're making an impact on a lot of people's lives. You have gotten free from that limiting belief. You really have. But the process, as you mentioned, was not easy. When you identified it, it it got easier. But you said you had to take the time. You had to go back. You had to really work through the files, the archives. How long did that take? For someone listening, Mm -hmm. maybe we can demystify that and 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 bring some um, clarity to the process itself, how long did it take you, do you think, just to identify that thought, the origin of that thought?
1: Sure. So, uh, great question. So, depending on which particular self-limiting beliefs you're working on, it varies. But The good news is, once you go through the process once, twice, or three times, Either by yourself or with a mentor or coach, you become much better at it. And then you'll catch yourself, you'll say something. Uh, This is a uh, lot of very good example. A lot of people use this. Like you do something dumb, you say, I am stupid. Hmm. Right? And then my coach had to catch me. It's like, no, you're not stupid. You did a stupid thing. But fool. His identity, identity is not a stupid person, right. right? So I want to encourage the listeners. Yes, it is hard. Yes, it is very difficult. But if you put in the time, you, you just rather watch videos, read books, or work with a mentor or a coach, right? Is well-invested time and money. Because what happens is you will learn how to coach yourself. You will learn how to go back and identify and replace. Right. So I mm. think the probably the very first one would be the longest time it would take. But I would say if you're working with somebody, that process shouldn't be very difficult. But yeah. it takes it takes time. Yeah. Because the thing is, if it's anchored really deep in your subconscious spine. It will resurface, mm. right? So sometimes it's a working process. So for me, certain uh, the really difficult one took me months to finally put it to rest. The easier ones, maybe less than a week, maybe few days. Okay. Right? Because what I do is once I identify it, once I try to replace that tape from playing with a different tape. And I put a lot of effort into it. I pray about it. I uh, visit it every other hour just for a couple of minutes at a time. And then right. replay that with my uncle didn't know what he was talking about. He was in a bad place. He didn't mean what he said. Right. But this is what my, my tribe is telling me. This is what God says about me. Right. When that becomes more pro- dominant in your subconscious mind, then you no longer have that self-defeating mm-hmm. uh, mindset.
0: One of the things that has woven itself throughout this interview, Fu, at each point, at each question, um, you have mentioned the presence of a coach in your life. And I know you, 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 not only are you a coach, but you've always had a coach or you've had a coach for years, uh, multiple coaches, different coaches, This is a vital part of the process. And I want to point this out to our listeners because every step along Fu's way, he keeps mentioning the importance of another voice. Here's why I think this is so vital. These limiting beliefs, these strongholds in our minds, they're in our blind spots. We simply cannot, typically we cannot see them. We need another set of eyes. We need another perspective to help us see them. Just take a minute talk to us about this because there's people out there thinking, ah, coaching, that's not for me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't ask for somebody else. I don't need that in my life. I mean, I, can I just figure it out? I mean, how right. important is it for each of us to understand that coaching is not just for quote unquote, the, the CEO, the CFO, the COO. I mean, coaching is not right. just for the business world. Coaching is for everybody who believes they have purpose and destiny and potential. We all need someone to speak into our lives. Take a minute, talk to us about why that matters.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. Uh, Let me just side by just a little bit. So to emphasize why coaching is so important. So when it comes to when you're learning a new subject, or in this case, eliminating self uh, self limiting beliefs, right? You need three individuals. It could be one person doing the three, but you need three. The first one is you need a teacher. If you don't know, if you don't have the knowledge of the self-limiting belief, then you will never be able to discover it. You don't know. It's not in your mind. It's not in your soul.
3: Mm.
1: Does somebody have to teach it to you? There is this thing called self-limiting beliefs. Mm. The second person you need is you need a mentor. Because mentors has already gone through the path, the journey you're about to take. Right. So mentors say, foo, based on my personal experience, I did this. So maybe you want to consider that, right? So they're helping you along, right? So teachers teach you, make you aware of that knowledge. Mentors help you by sharing their experiences so you don't have to make the same mistakes. Mm. But the coach's job is very different because coach is helping you to think for yourself. Wow. Right, so for example, if you come to a crossroad, and you have three options, right? Teacher will teach you, when you come to a crossroad, it looks like this. And it will have multiple paths, one, two, maybe three, more, four paths. Then you know you're at the crossroad. That's what teacher teach you. right? So now you're aware. When you go talk to a mentor, mentor will say, yes, there's, this is a crossroad, and there's three options. And he will give you pros and cons of every option, which is the three of them. And he will say, Fool, if I were you, based on my experience, I would take path three. Mm-hmm. Right? Number three. But coach is different. Coach, his ultimate job is help you think for yourself. So mm-hmm. the coach would say, you come to come to the coach and say, hey, I'm at a crossroad. I have three options. What do I need to do? And the coach would say, have you seen that crossroad before. So like, what, what do you mean? Have you seen it before? Maybe in a different subject, maybe different uh, choices you have to make, but did you, do you have a similar situation you were faced with? So coach will force you to go into your mind, go into your experience and draw out what you already have.
3: Mm.
1: And I just say, you have never been at that crossroad before. Because you never done it, never experienced it. Then the coach would say, do you know someone who, who was at that crossroad, crossroad, similar crossroad? What happened? Tell me the three choices that he was faced with. Which choice did he take?
2: Well, wow.
1: And he will help us relive that experience. Because a coach's job is not to give you the answer. Coach's job is help you to process it and you make the best choice based on your personal knowledge. So the reason you need a coach, because if you don't have a coach, then you probably don't know how to think for yourself. Wow. Teacher is telling you what to do. Mentor is sharing his experience and telling you what to do. So you're not really thinking, you're basically making decisions based on other people's decision. Right life but as soon as a coach help you that you think for yourself well you know you know how to look at situations you know how to search for data right you've Mm -hmm. more information and be able to make the right decision and then let's just say you made the wrong decision because a coach led you that way but now next time when you come to that same crossroad with something similar now you say Option one is no good. I did that option. Right. Now only only have two options. Right there, you see the wisdom.
2: Right, right. And you, yeah.
1: you become a very, very, very centered, physically, mentally, and emotionally centered human being who know how to think for themselves. Uh. And that's what coaches do. So when it comes to self belief, self limiting beliefs, he will be able to help you see it, help you process it, and then for you to make the right decision. So eventually, you don't need a coach; you start self coaching. Wow! And that's, that's your and that's the coach's ultimate goal that you can coach yourself.
0: That's so good. Uh, that's so good. Fu. Final question today. This has been a very rich, very practical, very applicable interview, and you've shared so much wisdom so far. One last one. I think um, one of the lies that a limiting belief will tell us is that it's too late. For someone that's listening and discovering, maybe discovering the reality that there there might be some limiting beliefs in their own life now, They're, they're sort of realizing that maybe they've been entertaining some, and they're wondering if it's too late what encouragement would you give to that person?
1: Yes, so it's never too late. I'm 48 years old, and I'm still working on some self-levitating beliefs because their anchor so deep, mm. right? So at 48 years old, I've been on this road for over 10 years and I'm still discovering new ones, old ones, right? And those listeners who's listening, regardless how old you are, those self-limiting beliefs are stopping you from moving forward hmm. relationally, physically, emotionally, yep. spiritually. Soon as you identify and resolve those issues, you will see measurable impact in your life. Hmm. The things that will stop you from progressing, you will eliminate them. Yeah. And then another thing is, when you get your breakthrough, your kids will inherit your breakthroughs. Wow. Because you, they will see it. They will experience it. They will celebrate it with you. And indirectly, you're breaking that bondage if they have that. And my guess is, probably more true than not, if you have that self-limiting beliefs, your kids, your wife, your friends probably have them as well. Wow. So when you break yours, you helping break others.
0: So good. So good. The, the transformational truth that we're tackling today is the permission that you need to take your life and leadership to a higher level doesn't begin with making other people think differently about you. It begins when you start thinking differently about you. Fu, where can people find you?
1: Yes, the easiest way to reach out to me is through LinkedIn. So LinkedIn.com/fche. Uh, you can also reach me at my email. I'm sure it will be posted on the on the website. But reach out to me, connect with me. I love helping people, uh, any capacity. Get, providing a book, providing a video. Love to. I would love to connect with you. If I can add value to you, please reach out and connect with me.
0: Absolutely. And I want to recommend that you do. And for those that do, listen, check out the links that we included in the show notes for you. You'll find ways to contact with Fu there. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor, take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write us a quick review, because we want to help you restore the joy to your life and leadership. Fu, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Pastor Travis, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast.